that really was my first step was cleaning out the house, reading all the material and making a new shopping listing and game plan. And that even when you've started the program, it's not an immediate, like you just flick on a switch. It's figuring out what's going to work for you and for your lifestyle and all of your things. I just knew that I was not interested in a, in a diet or any kind of temporary quick fix. I knew at the beginning that I wanted a lifestyle change. I wanted to change my life. I wanted to change how I felt and how I looked at life and how I looked at myself. Hey there, my friend. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Mother Project podcast. And today we are joined by another amazing fit mother, Christina Bartlett. And I don't throw out the word amazing unintentionally. Christina is amazing because over this last year, she's lost over 65 pounds, basically got herself out of sugar addiction and a depressive funk developed incredible habits that she knows will keep her healthy into her 70s and beyond. And she's just gotten her confidence and her mojo back using this Fit Mother program. She put in the work. And this conversation is particularly powerful because we get into the interplay between our mind and our emotions and how that shows up with our different health routines and how we can get ourselves out of a funk or out of a rut. Whether you're someone who is just trying to start building momentum with this Fit Mother program and lifestyle, or you're someone who's been at this for a while and you just need a little bit of a refocus, kick in the pants, and you just want to get your mojo back, the stuff that Christina shares, both in terms of her personal experience, as well as some of just the tactics and tips and strategies that she uses. Uses, stuff she puts around her house, ways she does reflection, the stuff that's important to her. Wow. So much good stuff here. So tune in. I know you're really going to enjoy this episode. And Christina, if you're listening to this, so proud of you. Amy's so proud of you. Our entire team is so proud of you. I'm so glad you checked out our YouTube videos. You found it and you had the courage to join this program and transform your life. So without further ado, let's get into today's Fit Mother episode with Fit Mother, Christina Bartlett. All right, Christina, welcome officially to the Fit Mother Project podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Hi, Dr. Anthony. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy, happy to be here. The pleasure is mine. I've been looking forward to this all week, and I'm really excited to hear your story. And to kick things off, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to all the ladies listening, your name, your age, where you're from, and anything you'd like to share about work and family. Oh, sure. Okay. My name is Christina Bartlett, and I am 52 years old. And I live here in Huntsville, Alabama, but I was born and raised in Washington State and lived there all my life. I've only lived here for about three years. So I'm new to the South. <laughs> and um, it's me and my husband. And we have, uh, we're a blended family. So we actually had three kids between us. He has a 16-year-old, a 25-year-old, and my son, who is 23. But they all live in Washington State and we're down here. Okay. Well, kind of fun. I mean, it seems like you're kicking off a new chapter in life down there and I hope things are settling in nice. For those that are watching on video, I was commenting that you have a very beautiful background. So you have an eye and a touch for design and decor, which is very clear. It's totally my thing. (laughs) Well, good. Well, let's talk about like the process of making over your body and your internal environment. I know that's been a powerful experience for you. Take us back to how you stumbled across Fit Mother Project and what was going on in your life at the time. Let's start there. Yeah. 
Um, so it was in uh, late December of uh, 21 that I was looking on YouTube for something to help me get out of the miserable spot that I was in. I was very overweight, completely out of shape. I was very depressed. I couldn't do any of the things that I wanted to do. My husband and I have always been normally like super active with kayaking and hiking and biking. And we love all of that stuff. And I could barely, you know, go for a walk. I was just really, really out of shape and um, just in a really bad, dark, I had some stuff going on, really bad, dark place. And I was using food 100% to comfort myself and to soothe what I was feeling inside. And so I was out on YouTube looking for something that would help me. And thankfully, I came across the Fit Mother Project and I watched just video after video after video, learning about the program and looking for that, you know, this all sounds great, but there's got to be some catch. You know, there's always some something that isn't going to be right. And I just never found that and decided to start on a journey of just total, just total transformation. I cannot. I'm, I'm so grateful that I came across you and your, your videos and your, your program. And I'm grateful that you had the courage to commit. Like, it's just so cool how those things coincided, the right place, right time, right thing. And that's the reason I create those videos because they'll, hopefully they'll find someone like you who ends up like getting excited enough to commit. And now you do the work and transform your life. So give me a quick snapshot of like what your weight is. I know it's not all about weight for sure, but you've lost a substantial amount of weight. Generally, where has your weight gone over this past year or so using this program? So when I first started, I weighed 248. I was probably wearing in like a size 24. And today, this morning, I weighed 183. Um, I'm not where I, and I, I wear a size 12 so far. This is not my end spot that I want to be, but when I was so heavy, I, I didn't know what I wanted to weigh because I didn't know what I weighed before I gained all this weight. Cause I've always had a really negative relationship with the scale. Sure. I used to weigh myself like several times a day. I was very, um, thin and unhealthy in a very unhealthy way. And so I was scared to start weighing myself. And of course, that was one of the first things that you made me start doing, which I did not enjoy getting on that scale. Um, but I, what you have taught me is that it is just a tool and it is not about the number. Yeah. One of the tools that I use is a particular weight app that the scale is on Bluetooth and it gives you all your stats, all your, um, the type of fat, your bone density, your, you know, fat percent, all the good, you know, stuff that you don't want to see at first. And I will tell you that when I first started, all of those numbers were bright red and bright yellow, and they're supposed to be, you know, green, meaning you're at a healthy weight, you're at a, your BMI is, you know, a good number. And yeah, when I first started, everything was bright red and it wasn't just, oh, you're overweight. It was like, no, you're obese. And I didn't think of myself that way. I'm almost six feet tall. So I think I can carry a little bit more weight than probably more people and hide it better. Certainly the clothes and all that nonsense, but seeing those numbers and knowing that this was where I started and that this is what my body, you know, I, I was carrying around all this extra weight. It's no wonder that I was exhausted and lethargic and couch surfing and all of those things. I didn't have the energy or even the desire to 
to do any of the stuff that I knew I was supposed to be doing. You've come a long way. I have been working very, very hard. No doubt about that. Yeah. And I think it's important to have this dance, like you said, about like celebrating how far we've come and also holding in mind that you're still not done, like that there's more to do. And I think you clearly have that. And I want to chat about like, how did we start getting ourselves out of a deep, dark place? Because I think there's a lot of women who find themselves in, in a place where like you have negative momentum. The mindset gets more bad eating, which makes you feel more guilty and sloppy and tired. And it's just like, uh, a mess. It starts in the mind to make this change. And that's why in the Fit Mother program, we have the mission statement, the reflection is the beginning part of that, right? And I, I imagine you went pretty deep there. What did you realize as you're going in the beginning of this program, going through that? What kind of realizations do you have? What kind of truths did you come to in a awareness and what kind of commitments did you make to yourself after going through the reflection? Yeah, that mission statement that you have us do is everything. It really is that why behind the what. It's in in those moments when you're like, dude, I could totally go for some ice cream right now. But having my mission statement and I like printed mine out and I keep it in my morning journal and I read it every day, even now, it reminds you why you're doing it and why you're making the choice between choosing to eat the ice cream and yes, it's going to feel great in that moment. And yes, it's going to taste good. And um, it's going to give you your temporary sugar high. I get all that, but it's the time after that of focusing on how I'm going to feel after I have the ice cream. It usually upsets my stomach. Then I feel bad that I did it. Then I have guilt that I ate it. And walking, playing, playing those moments all the way out through to the very end and that, okay, well now I have to, now I have, I would have thought now I have to start over. But another thing that you taught me is that to break that all or nothing mindset of knowing that, okay, let's say I did eat that. That doesn't mean my whole day is shot. It doesn't mean my whole eating healthy and my, my lifestyle is blown because I ate something that I, I probably shouldn't have eaten but um, I think I was so addicted to sugar, like addicted, like I was living on just, it's so embarrassing, but just candy and ice cream because it's all I ever craved. And it's really the worst thing that you can be doing for yourself when you are depressed and in the place that I was and dealing with the things that I was dealing with at that time. Sugar is the worst thing that I could have been doing. And um knowing now what it was doing to me. And when I came off of sugar, (laughs) I felt like I had the flu for three days and like powering through that. I don't, I don't know. I use, uh, I'm a, I'm a Jesus girl. I used a lot of God through this whole journey and really specific scriptures. And I have a little deck of cards that I made that I read every day. And those specific scriptures still speak to me today. And they're what got me through that flu-like temporary, you know, getting on the other side of that and feels, you feel like a brand new person, just pushing through that and knowing through the program that I don't have to go and be in the gym for three hours a day. Like uh, it's nonsense. I I don't need that. I certainly don't need it at 52. I'm not doing competitions or anything like that. And to know that just walking my neighborhood every single day, like I would not call myself a gym rat. (laughs) Like I am active and I exercise, but knowing that it doesn't have to be 
this all or nothing situation. And knowing that other women my age had overcome this and were walking it out and walking that with them in the private Facebook group is just so freeing. You get all this support and knowledge and wisdom from this group, but you're still able to like post these ridiculous pictures of yourself that you just don't even want to take. But they're all there, you know, cheering you on and knowing that you are not alone and that there are other women, not just even my age, but older than me doing these amazing things. (laughs) Are you kidding me? You know, she can do it at 60. I can certainly do it at 52. And when I first started, I definitely had the mindset that, well, I'm 52 now. And, you know, once you hit 50, it's just over. And um, I'm not going to be able to do anything to change it. And that was just a lie. It was just a lie. It was a lie. It is possible. And um, it does happen slowly. I mean, it's taken, you know, 11 months for me to lose roughly 65, 68 pounds. That's a slow and steady race. And to fight that number on the scale and move past that. And just like you say, to celebrate those non-scale victories, And having people like Amy cheer you on and point out those non-scale victories, she is, eh, she's awesome. She's just the best, just the best. This is amazing. There's so much I want to get into from that, but thank you for sharing everything that you did. It's like a good recap of the emotional journey you've gone alongside this physical journey. I want to talk about breaking the sugar addiction more specifically, and also just recognize the fact that your story is important because it is sugar is as addictive, if not more addictive for some people than like hardcore drugs that we stigmatize. And it's just so accessible and normalized. And like you literally had withdrawals, like no doubt about that. Like that's, that's powerful. And I also love that you have your connection to Jesus and higher power, which is at the core of this stuff, like elevating out of just us and into like deeper connection, the deepest connection, perhaps seems like that was probably pivotal in getting through that. Now, talk to me about how you start the fit mother eating plan. Like, what do you start to do and change? Like what was breakfast before? What do you start when you're on the plan? When were you snacking at night or eating candy during the day? What did you start doing instead with healthy snacks? Like talk to us about how you bridge that gap, what the kind of nutrition system you installed, and then potentially like how it's evolved over time. Okay. So my first step uh, definitely with the program is downloading, reading all of the material and absorbing it and making a new shopping list and a new plan and cleaning out all the junk from my house. So there was no temptation. So it's just me and my husband and he's almost six, five and he's naturally lean. I just want to kick him. You know, he can eat whatever he wants. Yeah. Big metabolism, big guy. Right. And he could probably maintain weight at like 4,000 calories. Lucky guy. Right. Yeah. It's crap. So he, the second I removed all the sweet treats and stuff, cause he's not a huge sweet eater, but he, you know, he can, and that's pretty much all I had here. So as soon as I removed that stuff, of course, he started losing weight, which just made me want to kick him, you know, overnight. Good for him. And but that really was my first step was cleaning out the house, reading all the material and making a new shopping listing and game plan. And that even when you started the program, it's not an immediate like you just flick on a switch. It's figuring out what's going to work for you and for your lifestyle and all of your things. I just knew that I did not, I was not interested in a, in a diet or any kind of temporary 
quick fix. I knew at the beginning that I wanted a lifestyle change. I wanted to change my life. I wanted to change how I felt and how I looked at life and how I looked at myself. I was feeling horrible about myself and getting those foods out of the house was a huge step. The other thing is I am five years sober with alcohol. And so for me, one of the things that I did, I don't even crave alcohol anymore in, in any way. But when I first started not drinking, I would use the same uh, thought process that I use for my food addiction, especially at the beginning with sugar. And that is that I, I really would play out the entire scenario. Like, yes, I, I am craving eating whatever naughty thing I wanted to eat. And knowing that like specifically when you're doing sobriety in anything, it doesn't matter what the addiction is of having a, a number of days or years or months or whatever it is that you've been clean. And I want to keep that number. So <laughs> when I would have a craving, I would play that out completely in my head. Like, okay, great. Let's say I, I succumb to this, whatever it is I want to eat. I eat it. I don't feel better. I feel, I feel great in the moment, but after that, I feel regret and guilt. My stomach's upset. I feel exhausted. Now I need a nap or whatever. And now I have to start over with that specific item that I'm trying not to eat and walking that out. And it was the same for me for alcohol, knowing that I didn't want to give up my number. I'm going to do or say something that I'm going to regret. And it doesn't mean that those cravings don't go away. I still crave things, but the other part of your program of having the free meal, like you allow a lot more free meals than I even participate in. It's like almost a comfort to me knowing that I can and saving myself and planning for when I want to, instead of just, you know, do whatever you want, whenever you want. I, you asked about what I was eating before and I typically did not eat breakfast but which is one of the worst things you can, I mean, you should, you know, you got to start, <laughs> you know, to start that in a, in a healthy direction, just kind of guides you for the rest of your day. And, but before it would be like, I literally, I'm not even joking. I might start with like chips or ice cream were always my two favorite thing and any kind of cookie or candy. And I would just keep it all in the house. I would just keep it all in the house and you just eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, there was no, I did not have any kind of like schedule or plan or pizza was a favorite. All of, and my body does not do well with any kind of bread. Um, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm, gluten is not my friend. And now my day is I, I do intermittent fasting in the morning. I um, usually eat early dinner, but then I don't eat again until like one in the afternoon. I've done my morning walk. I've done whatever exercise I might be doing. And then I'll do uh, a shake is 100% my favorite. And I put coconut milk in it, protein, MCT oil, chia seeds. I'm like addicted to pumpkin right now because it's the season. I love it. And then um, I usually don't eat again until really like an early dinner. I, I might have like an apple with some seeds kind of in between there somewhere. But then my dinner is I have started making this vegetable soup that I put a bunch of turmeric and cumin in it. 
um, watered down vegetable broth and like every kind of like spinach and kale and broccoli and oh, it's so good. I just love it. And it's cold here now. So it's really good. And then I usually have a salad is kind of my go-to. Nice. Yeah. I want to interject on so many things that you shared, just a lot of powerful stuff. I think one thing that really stood out to me is just the recognition that every decision we make carries with it some amount of momentum and like really playing it out far enough to understand that like you're fighting that momentary itch and the urge, the neurochemistry that's off that wants this quick hit. But then the beautiful thing about the human mind is we can take this long-term perspective and see that it's actually not worth it if we play this out and seeing how momentum is always shifting and changing. So powerful. Another thing you said that was really powerful as well. Anytime we're changing something, we're creating a vacuum in our life. Like when you're removing all those normal sugary things, chip things you're doing, you were creating a vacuum of what your normal habit was, which was a bad habit, but you have to fill that with something good. And so I think that seems so valuable. The structure of Fit Mother was able to be slotted in as your new structure to fill that void. And now I imagine, if I'm not being too presumptuous, that you're finding ways to balance your emotions in different ways. And it certainly is from the healthy lifestyle. But I imagine it's also for moving your body, right? And working out. So I think it's like a fair way. It's like we have these stress outlets that can either be in unhealthy, unproductive ways, packed with calories and sugar that makes us feel worse, or new shifting into new ways that actually lifts us up, but still gives us that pressure release valve we're all kind of looking for. So talk to me about that. And maybe transitioning into the movement aspect, but like, how do you manage your emotions to your happiness now when times are tough and sad? Because life is still coming at you, I'm sure. A lot of the same situations are probably still there, but your tools and your process is different. So let's get into that. That's just it. All the tools are totally different. So instead of seeking food to comfort myself when, you know, things aren't going our way or whatever stressor has happened or a negative emotion, or I feel lonely, or I feel sad, or I'm unhappy, or... I'm experiencing joy, any kind of emotion. It doesn't even matter. My new craving and go-to is to always at least go take one loop around the neighborhood. I don't care if it's raining. I don't care what it is. And if I still feel that way that I was feeling before, then I need to take it a step further. And that can definitely be just even talking with a friend or looking at scripture, or there are other ways to soothe myself. It's not uncommon for people to use food to soothe themselves. We all have our own vices and it might be too much social media or it's too much TV or it's food or it's drugs and alcohol, whatever. It's natural for the human body and brain to want to soothe whatever it is. You want to ease that pain. I get it. But there are more healthy ways to soothe and to help that. And hands down, being outside makes such a big difference. Like the place that I was, I I wouldn't even consider going outside. I'd look outside and be like, you know, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And now I look outside and I'm I'm like, why am I not out there right now? Like it's just a beautiful sunny day. And one of the things that you talk about is that getting that sunlight in your eyes because I've struggled with sleep in the past. And so doing that religiously every morning, I don't care if it's cold, I don't care if it's raining, I don't care if it's hot, whatever. And it's all of that here in Alabama. It can get cold. I was really surprised. I still, even this morning, bundle up and uh, it's like 21 degrees when I first woke up and I was out there walking and I always see one of my neighbors and even he was like, really? It's really cold. He sees me every morning, which is kind of funny. But the place that I came from was such a deep, dark uh, depression that it's it's hard to look back and think about that version of Christina and 
where I was and how I responded to things and what I did to comfort and try to make myself feel better. Like it never made myself feel better. The only thing that does help is for me is definitely being outside and at least going for a walk. I'm not going out to run a marathon every day. It's just, I'm not, I'm not a runner. That's not my thing. I I might jog around or something, but (laughs) it's not, you know, it's not my go-to and knowing the things that I was walking through at the, uh, at the time, how I deal with them now, like they're still happening, you know, but it's, it's different and how I respond and help myself feel better about it. I'm so glad you shared all that because I know there's someone listening to this that is going through something really tough right now that may even in the short term be using some kind of escapism that's not in the healthiest and highest. And like, that's okay because we always have a new choice in this present moment to like to pivot. And I think your story is really powerful to show how dramatically you've pivoted. Like it seems like a completely different Christina because it it is in terms of how you were operating. Another thing that seemed so evident to me as you were sharing that is powerful is When we start to eat healthier foods, more natural foods, the shakes, the less unprocessed stuff, and we're actually retraining our taste palates where the brain is rewiring in some sense as well, our blood sugar levels are stabilizing, we're eating healthier. There is always this combination with the connection to nature that happens. It's like, and I think this comes down to God stuff for me. It's like, we're aligning back to like what natural law is, the right kinds of foods we eat. And not surprising, we also find more connection outside in nature because these bodies are completely connected to all these cycles. So it's like, this outside walking, finding restoration out in like God's beautiful creation, breathing through our nose, enjoying our bodies in space. These things are like one thing. They like go together. It's like a similar energetic vibe. Eat healthy food, go take a walk and breathe and like get some sun. So it's like so cool because that's not a fitness program. That's just like healthy living. It's just the way you live, right? I mean, and that means there's no question of sustainability because it's just like, this is just what to do to help Christina feel the best. Yep. 100%. If I'm not doing those things, I'm not I'm not doing well. Like the thing that had brought me originally to such a deep dark depression is I talked about my son, he's 23 years old and uh when he was 15, I'm divorced. I I got divorced when he was about 12. And at 15, uh he broke up with me. And I really don't know how else to describe it. We're completely estranged. He doesn't respond. He it's like he's dead. That's what it feels like. It's like he's completely dead. There is no communication. There's no, there's nothing. We were really close. He was the kind of teenage boy that would like tell me about his girlfriends or like ask me for a hug. Like I worked at the high school that he attended and he would hug me in front of his friends. I mean, like, you know, the good stuff. He And we, so we were close. So to have this happen is a big shock. And, um, I, I still don't know why he won't talk to me. So that also kind of makes it difficult if I don't, you know, I just keep trying to apologize and I don't know if he even reads my texts or if I'm blocked or any of it. And to walk through that, I know it's not the, it's not equal to a person who has actually lost their child, of course, because I believe that with God, there is always hope. I mean, I, I, I just strongly believe that he's still alive. I'm still alive. There is still hope. You never know what will happen, but it's been a very long and painful eight years. And he's my only son. And knowing that it is still the same today 
as it has been for eight years, he still doesn't respond to me or talk to me. But he was recently at a family gathering and I went up to visit my parents recently and he was there for one of the days. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. It's amazing that he was there, even though I was going to be there, which doesn't sound like a big deal to most people, but it was a big deal to me. Um, He's married now. I got to meet his wife and it was amazing. But in no, I just, in no way does that become a driving force in my life. And at the time when I first started this journey, it was a driving force in my life. It made a difference how I felt every day. And just the guilt and the shame that I feel about having an estranged child. And it is unfortunately becoming more and more common out there. I read a a book that really helped me um, recover from it. And the more people I've talked to, the more people that are out there that, that know about this estrangement and just learning that it doesn't have to rule and run my life and that I can focus on God and walk me through that and know that just like I said, that there is hope for that whole situation. And I hold out that hope and that I can still live my life. I still have to take care of myself. I still want to live the life that God has intended for me. God has a plan for me. And at the state that I was when I started this journey, I couldn't do any of those things. I couldn't do it. And knowing the changes, yes, I'm the one that made them and nobody else can make them for me. But there are beautiful programs like yours that help and can walk me through it. You can't do it for me. It'd be amazing if you could, though. It'd be really great. (laughs) I really appreciate it. But to have something to land on and to support me through the whole thing, my husband and I have talked so many times about this journey that he can't do it for me. He can't fix it. He can't stop me from eating ice cream or stop me from, he can't make me go to the gym. I mean, it's only me that can do that. And I have the final say in what kind of life I'm living, what I can and can't do and how much I get to enjoy my time with my husband. And we do all the things that he enjoys doing. I enjoy doing them too, but I love getting to ride my bike and go play disc golf and go hiking and all of the fun things that that we love to do together. I get to do them and enjoy them and not be huffing in the back, you know, dying because I'm just trying to keep up with, you know, Captain Longlegs in front of me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, and I want to refl- put, add a reflection to what you just shared. It's this duality between feeling like empowered and like disempowered. And this was like the Christina that was versus the Christina that's now. And what seems so evident to me is like, as humans, we are embodied, we have bodies, which means we must tend to them, which means we must eat and like do the kind of things that either enhance our health or detract from our health and how we do stuff with this body immediately and always translates to how we handle all other challenges in our lives. So it's not surprising how the process of like, tending to yourself better, having more self-love also bolsters your ability to relate to the different challenges relationally, financially, interpersonally, whatever. It gives you more empowerment because you're investing in yourself every day. And then that translates, your cup is more full and you're able to meet all these things. And I have no doubt that like given enough time, and especially when your son is able to see you more in like group settings, maybe not talk to you, but see how well you're doing and the kind of energy and just the goodness coming from you and how you're living your life intentionally. Like 
with more perspective, I'm certain that he will respect the path that you've walked and there will be healing there. Like this is a, this seems like this is a life journey of healing. It doesn't mean it's always fun all the time, but love kind of wins. I think that's part of the story, right? Well, thank you. That's my hope and prayer too. I'm with you hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about mindset and like self-talk. Like um, at what stages in your journey, you've been at this for basically a year. How has your internal self-talk changed and what are the stages? Like in the beginning, you're putting in work, but then I imagine you don't like really kind of like believe it fully yet. You're just trying to like get touch your toes in and then you're seeing results and the mindset starts to change. Like, can you take me through a journey of the evolution of your mindset and to where it's at today, you know, from where it was? Yeah, for sure. So uh, definitely at the beginning, it was, I had a lot of negative self-talk from where I was and I didn't, I didn't believe that I could do it. I didn't believe that it was possible. I believed the lie that at my age, you know, I'll give this a whirl, but you know, we'll, we'll see how it is. And so the things that were coming into my mind and in really in just feels like into my ears were just very negative. It ways that I would never talk to another friend, ways that I would never say to anybody else, but suddenly it was okay for me to say that to myself. And the reality is it's not. And I made a conscious choice to change what was coming into my ears. When I go on my morning walks every morning, for 30 minutes, I'm listening to some kind of positive, motivational, inspirational, uplifting, something that's going to focus my mindset in a positive way throughout the rest of my day. I, I want that to stay with me. And um, it, it matters what you put in your ears and it matters what you put in your eyes. Um, because if we, I, I believe that if I just left my brain to just go do whatever it wants, it draws to the negative um, that I I needed more positive um, coming into my ears and into my eyes. Um, you are on my list of uh, daily requirement of listening to of, or watching one of your videos. Um, you always make me feel any video I've ever watched of yours. You always make me feel like I can totally do that. Why am I not doing that already? So that's really inspiring, really positive to me. So making that a, one of the fit mothers had put out a checklist that she had created and she, I asked her for it and she shared it with me, Melody. And I use, I, I'm a box checker. I, I love to check a good box. I don't care what the box is. I'm going to check it. And I have that on my fridge of the things that I have to do every day. And that includes hydrating and reading or getting an inspirational quote or something. I have a um, in my kitchen, I have this little board on my counter and I get to change it to whatever positive thing. I don't know if that's backwards, but it's be stronger than your strongest excuses. And I need these positive things around me. I have another chalkboard and it says a goal is a personal promise to your future self. So good. Like how do you, how are you not inspired when that's what's around me? That has definitely changed what I tell myself instead of being focused on the number and being like, well, I'm not where I want to be. I have like another, you know, what, however many pounds I want to, I want to continue to lose. I've changed my self-talk to I'm on a journey and I am doing it. I'm not anywhere near where I was when I started. I'm so much better. I'm so much healthier. 
I'm going to be, you know, an active 70 year old lady. I'm not going to be racked on a couch because I can't get up and I can't move and I need a walker and all of that stuff. Not that there aren't women that are going to have real health issues and I get it, but I want to take care of the body that I have now so I can keep living the rest of my life to the fullest. And for me, part of that is putting more positive into it matters what kind of music I, I'm listening to. I need uplifting. I I need Joel Olstein. I need him. <laughs> like I just need all that stuff to to fill me. Just like you said, um, it needs I need my cup full in order to give to others. And for others to want to be around me, I was not fun to be around. And kudos to my husband for uh, walking through that uh, season and that journey with me. He loves me whatever weight I'm at. This weight is a lot more fun, of course, but he is my biggest cheerleader and he's so just supportive and loving. And I could not ask for a better a better partner, obviously in life, but also just through this, through this journey, for sure. So he's super, super positive. And I like to surround wow. myself with positive people too. Just shout out to your husband again. I mean, shout out to all the supportive, loving partners that are with us in all the different stages. Amazing. And it made me think as you were sharing that, like you had this moment where you like cleaned out the pantry and threw out all the sugar. And that was like changing your environment in like the nutrition side, like let's get this out. And that's removing things, which is important. But this idea of adding in positivity, printing out your mission statement, reading that quotes all over the place, the right kinds of music. It's that analogy many of us have seen where you have a dirty cup of water and the way to clean it is just to pour more clean water into it. And eventually if you pour enough clean water, all the dirty water is out and you have a clean glass. Like it seems like you've done that so intentionally and, and fairly naturally. Like you know how important this environment is and you set that up. And I think there's ladies listening to this that haven't gone to the extent that you have to have a quote board, to have the checklist, to put the right music on that maybe will be encouraged by this specifically, more positivity because our environment shapes us so much and shapes our thinking so much. And the brain is in somewhat like a tape recorder, like the kind of stuff we take in, like it starts to repeat. So if we can like shift that and then the mindset becomes more healthy and it makes it easier for us to do healthy, productive behaviors, you get this generative cycle. Like, wow, I just see why this has been so profound for you. You've done so many really smart and subtle things like kudos. And I want to ask you in final about the importance of the community, about being on this journey with other people, about walking this path with the Fit Mother Sisterhood, with the coaches, the Facebook group. For many people who join this program, they don't know this is like a part of it. Um, you know, it's just kind of like you find it is like a thing. What's it been like being a part of this community? Any shout outs to anyone? I'll just kind of turn the floor over to you to talk about that. And then I have one final question. Sure. hundred uh, percent. Amy is the right person for that job. Like she is so, I just envision her walking around with pom-poms in her hands, 24 hours a day, ringing them around. And I use the, so we get a, every, every week you get three separate emails Monday, you get your, what your week is going to look like. And so you're making that plan. Even if you don't stick with that plan, it's still so powerful to have that plan. Friday is your reflection email and a, and a preparation, how, how your week has gone so far. And then a preparation for what's coming up this weekend. So you're not just, oh, I'm going to be going to a party. I'll eat whatever I want Woo! or whatever. You're not doing that. You're actually planning ahead. And then the Sunday is a complete reflection of, of your week. And you have the option to 
put it out on Facebook, but I feel more connected with a person when I do an email. And Amy always responds and she reflects back whatever it is that you're talking about or working on and then feeds you suggestions or videos or whatever it is that I might be struggling with. Like I, I've I've gone through some times where I like to make popcorn with my AirPod machine. And I was like thinking that, you know, it's just so good and crunchy. I'm not putting anything on it. I'm not saying it's terrible for me, but it's not, you know, it's not super, it's not the best habit for me to have. So she helped me kind of break that habit. And having that Facebook, the private group, and just being uplifted by other people, even when whether you're succeeding or whether you're struggling, they're there cheering you on and you feel connected with them. And you know that you're in a safe place because it's private. It's not just out there where everybody's reading your business or whatever. And having the comfort of knowing that I can put my before pictures out there or the pictures that I took along my journey, I I really tried to listen and take those pictures and as hard as it was to see myself, I would always hope, you know, like I feel so good and I feel so different and I'm wearing smaller clothes, but then you take a picture and you couldn't really see a change. And there was definitely the season that I uh, would see people that I hadn't seen for six months and they didn't recognize, they didn't even notice that I had lost weight because I'm very heavy and you have to lose a lot of weight to get somebody to notice and to not be discouraged by that. To, content, to not be so focused on, I need people to notice and I need my scale to say whatever, to, to not be focused on that and to focus only on how I was feeling and knowing that I was on a journey and I'm, I'm getting to where, where it is that I want to be. And at that time, I wasn't even sure where I wanted to be. I, and originally when I, when I first started, I had my mission statement, like I said, it's so like torn and Look at that thing. That means it's been used. Every day. And I started writing like what weight I wanted to be at. And I, I originally thought I could lose 10 pounds a month. And I could not. I have a thyroid issue. I, I couldn't. It wasn't happening. And instead of being discouraged, I lowered my uh, goal of just five pounds. Like I want to lose five pounds in the next 30 days. That's manageable and doable. And I'm going to fight for everything that I can and do everything that I can to get to that. And it doesn't mean that I'm sitting at home starving or I I can't do anything or I can't, you know, I can still live my full life and experience fun with my friends going out or whatever without depriving myself. I was still full and satiated. Eventually, I went through a little hunger hunger period, but I wasn't eating enough protein. That's all I needed. So, yeah, those tools in that are really everything. And just being connect, knowing that you're not going through it alone, and that there are other women out there with you, totally, it just life change, life changing, life changing. Wow, what a conversation! Honestly, like my heart is smiling, my mouth is smiling. Like you shared so many beautiful things, and I just want to give you like my utmost respect for walking this path, for 
going into a deeply transformational process, all the learning, all the energy and the effort, the care you have for yourself, the courage you have to continue forward with all the obstacles and challenges. And, and, and God bless you and your family ahead for all the disc golf you get to play. You being a 70 year old grandma, which I was funny for me to like good visual for me to think about and your be good knees and walking around. I'm just like so happy for you genuinely. And I know if Amy were here, she'd be waving the biggest pom-poms in the world. And like, we're just really, really, really so proud of you. And I want to thank you for coming on and inspiring everyone listening today. It really made my day. Thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so grateful for this program and for you and all that uh, you do, not just for the fit mothers, but for the fit fathers. I know that's your baby, but I'm so grateful that you started this side too, too. for people like me. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much, Christina. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our Complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our Complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast.